0: Hi, I'm Carly, Recovered Alcoholic. Welcome to North Star Big Book, episode 27. We are finishing the fourth step, finally. Sorry it takes so long. There's a lot to explain. We are in the last part of the inventory. We've already gone over the resentment inventory, the fear inventory, the sex conduct inventory, and now we are on the harms inventory. This is probably the easiest and shortest inventory, depending on your story, but um, once you've gotten through the first three, this one is simple and um, it's the exact same format first column is whom did i harm what did i do what did it affect and what was my part so let's go to bottom of 70 and i made a big line after we did the sex prayer and that paragraph about to sum up about sex and underneath the line i wrote harms so this last part is going to be about the harms inventory if we have been thorough about our personal inventory we have written down a lot We have listed and analyzed our resentments. We have begun to comprehend their futility and their fatality. I underline the word fatality. It says we have commenced, which means begin, so I underline that commenced, to see their terrible, I underline the word destructiveness. We have begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill toward all men, even our enemies, for we look on them as sick people. We have... And then I bracketed this last part, and this is where we get the harms inventory. We have listed the people we have hurt by our conduct. I underlined hurt by our conduct. And are willing to straighten out the past if we can. I wrote on the side, we hurt others by our conduct. So my thinking doesn't harm others. It's my conduct, my action. That's what harms others. This inventory is specifically to look at what I've done to harm someone else. So I'm not looking at who I'm resentful at, who I'm afraid of, or what I've done sexually. I want to look at, have I stolen anything? I need to write that down. So anything I've stolen, any money I owe, any um, cheating I've done. um, On this list for me, I wrote the city of Cleveland, the city of Athens, Athens. Um, You don't have to write every single city, but you get the idea. And what I did was I drove drunk or high, and that needs to be on there. Um, If there are people that I did not resent and I wasn't afraid of and I didn't have a sexual relationship with, but I hurt them, I was mean to them in school, I was unkind to them, I um, caused harm to them in some way, the most important thing is that you need to be able to verbally communicate when you do this, how did I harm them? Because the harm isn't that I didn't like someone. That would go on resentment. And so we're going to do that for the first column. In this book, you read again and again that faith did for us what we could not do for ourselves. We hope you are convinced now that God can remove whatever I underlined self-will has blocked you off from him. And I wrote on the side, wasn't able to see until step five. Wasn't able to see until step five. So I was not able to see what self-will blocked me off from God until I looked at it through my inventory with my sponsor. On the top of 71, I wrote, made a good beginning of unblocking self from God. So step four is just a good beginning of unblocking myself from God. And then I wrote in parentheses, continue in 10, 11, and 12. So four through nine is a good beginning of getting unblocked, and 10, 11, and 12 is how I stay unblocked. It says, if you have already made a decision, I underline made a decision, and above that I wrote step three, and an inventory of your grocer handicaps, that's step four, you have made a good beginning, I underline good beginning. And something that I'm reminded of here is this is the beginning of unblocking myself from God. In step three, I decided I wanted to be unblocked because I could not live the way I was living anymore. Now I unblock myself in four through nine. So it says, That being so, you have swallowed and digested some big chunks of truth about yourself. I underlined big chunks of truth about yourself. And I wrote above that, step five. And I the, I wrote one thing down on the page the way bottom if you have any space I wrote can't act the way I used to act can't act the way I used to act nothing changes nothing changes that's one of my favorite simple sayings that my sponsor has said to me nothing changes nothing changes and I use that whenever a sponsee is complaining about something that they're not doing anything about and I say nothing changes nothing changes um, now we are on chapter six page seventy two. I have written at the top of here, and you do not need to write this, but this just always stops me for a moment. There's been many people in the 19 years I've been sober that have died alcohol deaths um, in this program that I've known. But I wrote down the name of four different people who were sober, who were doing the work, who I watched stop doing the work, and who I watched die alcohol deaths. And actually, I think all of them died sober Um they killed themselves. I mean, they took their own life sober. And um, they had sobriety and they were in my phone and I had to delete them. And I always write their names here because this, this is the jumping off point. If I don't do this work right here, then nothing really is going to matter. So it says chapter six, into action. I wrote on the side, not into thinking. So this is not into thinking chapter, this is into action. I bracketed this whole page because I need to read this page and page 73 when I'm taking someone through the fifth step. So say my girl has done her fourth step. We're meeting to do her fifth step. I open up the book. I say to her, let's open up the book to 72. I read to her 72 and 73 and then the first paragraph on 75, and I'll explain that when we get there, and then we do her fifth step. Um, And I wrote step five above this paragraph. Having made our personal inventory, which is step four, what shall we do about it? We have been, now they're telling me what I've been doing. I underlined, trying to get a new attitude. And I wrote on the side, I need a new attitude. Because I do. I have a crappy attitude about everything. I need a new attitude. A new relationship with our creator. I had a horrible relationship with my creator. And to discover, I underlined the obstacles in our path. And above that, I wrote, what's blocking us? We need to find out what is blocking us off. What is causing it so no one can get to me and I can't get to anyone? What is making it so I can't let anyone in? We have admitted certain defects. We have ascertained in a rough way what the trouble is. We have put our finger on the weak items in our personal inventory. Now these are about to be cast out. I underlined this requires action on our part. I was so uncomfortable the first time I did my fourth step, my fifth step. Um, the reason why you'll hear me say the first time I did my fourth or fifth step is because I did it. It was a big deal. My sponsor came to to my college where I was in Athens, Ohio, to do it from Cleveland. She drove four hours. I didn't want to do it, but I was terrified that if I didn't do it, she would be really mad at me, and I hated it when people were mad at me. And so I was really uncomfortable. The reason why I say it was my first time is because I did four through nine. I didn't do ten. I did a third of 11, and then I did as much of 12 as I could do, and I didn't continue to inventory. And every year and a half I had to do another four step because I felt blocked off, and I was. Um, I did that until I was 13 years sober when I met one of my sponsors who taught me about step 10, and I was shocked and figured out that was what I was missing, and I've never had to do another four-step since. Um, So the first time I did my fifth step, I was terrified. It says, which when completed will mean that we have admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our defects. This brings us to the fifth step in the program of recovery mentioned in the preceding chapter. This is perhaps difficult, especially discussing our defects with another person. We think, that's the first 100 men and women, we have done well enough in admitting these things to ourselves, so we've all been there. There is doubt about that. I underlined and starred and highlighted. In actual practice, we usually find a solitary self-appraisal insufficient, and I circle those words, solitary self-appraisal insufficient, because they're words I use to bring back um, a girl if they're not doing their 10 step and they say, oh, I'm just not doing a formal 10 step, which I don't even know where they get that language from. Um, there's nowhere in the big book that it says, and now we're going to take you to the formal 10 step, but you can also do the informal 10 step. And what they're really saying is I didn't share it with you, which means I didn't do a 10 step, which means I took inventory of my mind, which I could not possibly do honestly or without emotion and looking at facts and I didn't tell anyone about it so I did it 10 step I just didn't share it with you and what the book tells me here is in actual practice we usually find a solitary self-appraisal insufficient many of us thought it necessary to go much further we will be more reconciled dis- to discussing ourselves with another person when we see a good reason why we should do so. The best reason first, I underline, if we skip this vital step, and I underline the word vital because it's life and death. So on the side I wrote life and death step. So step five is a life and death step. I've heard people in the program say, do a fifth or drink a fifth. Um, I picture myself in the middle of the hallway. I've already pulled everything out it's surrounding me and I'm in the burning building and there's smoke everywhere and I hear the sirens but no one can get to me and I can't get out and I'm just sitting there that's what a fifth step is if I don't continue if we skip this vital step I underline we may not overcome drinking so now they're talking about inventory and doing this and if I don't do this I'm going to drink again which is crazy time after time newcomers have tried to keep themselves certain facts about their lives trying to avoid this humbling experience they have turned to easier methods almost an, on top of 73 it says invariably they got drunk i underlined invariably they got drunk and above that i wrote or dead um one of the things i always do when i sponsor and i'm taking someone through the fifth step is when we're sitting down before we even begin i say to them did you plan on leaving something off and the reason why I do that is because I want to just address it right away. The elephant in the room, all of us have things that we're planning on not telling. And they're usually so uncomfortable And I say that. They either tell me right away or one woman waited um, until we finished everything and then she told me. On the top of 73, I wrote these words. Want to take step five. Want to take step five with someone who has worked steps four through nine from this book. Want to take step five with someone who has worked steps four through nine from this book. The reason why I want to take step five with someone who has worked four through nine from this book is I want someone who's going to be able to guide me on exactly what I have to do. I don't want someone to help me climb a mountain that has never climbed a mountain. I want someone to help me climb a mountain that is an expert mountain climber and that particularly knows the mountain that we are going on up and down, back and forth, side and side. So when I lose my footing, they know what to tell me. When I don't have enough food, they know exactly what I need to do. When one of my ropes is not working, they can help me and figure out my way through. They are expert guides on this deadly climb and that's what I want in a sponsor. If I have a sponsor who has never taken Step 5 from this book and done 4 through 9, there's nothing wrong with finding someone who can. Having persevered with the rest of the program, they wonder, I underline, why they fell. We think, this is the first 100 men and women... The reason is that they never completed their house cleaning. They took inventory all right, but hung on to some of the worst items in stock. They only thought they had lost their egoism and fear. They only thought they had humbled themselves. I underline humbled themselves because that's a reminder. That's what we have to do in order to do this work. It's uncomfortable, but no one that does this is ever going to say to you, I can't believe you're telling me this. This is horrible. (coughs) It says, but they had not learned enough of, I underlined, humility, fearlessness, and honesty. So that's what I'm going to learn when I do step five. And I wrote on the slide what we learn in step five. I'm going to learn to be humbled. I'm going to learn humility, fearlessness, and honesty. That does not mean humiliated. It means right-sized. Humbled means to know my place, to realize that everyone isn't at fault, that I played a big part in everything that I'm looking at. In this sense, we find it necessary until they told someone else all their life story. (coughs) The next paragraph I bracketed and I wrote on the side, my old behavior. And for me, I wrote in sobriety. Because when I got sober, I was not eager to do the work. And so in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, I like to have a certain reputation in the rooms. And as a perky, excited greeter that was grateful and knew all the words... And I did other things that I wasn't proud of or wouldn't have wanted to be advertised outside of the rooms, sober. And today, as a result of working these steps and practicing 10, 11, and 12, I'm pretty much the same person you see at work, at home, at a restaurant, in a grocery store, at a gas station, on the phone, that you're going to see in a meeting. And obviously, I have different comfort levels with different people, but I want to not have multiple personalities, I want you to be able to rely on what you're going to see and what you're going to get from me. So it says, more than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. He is very much the actor. To the outer world, he presents his stage character. This is the one he likes his fellows to see. He wants to enjoy a certain reputation, underlined, he wants to enjoy a certain reputation, but knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. I underline the word inconsistency in the next paragraph. The inconsistency is made worse by the things he does on his sprees. I wrote on the side, we don't have to live a double life today. I don't have to remember anything. One of those cute things I heard in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous is, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. There's nothing I have to remember. I don't have to remember what I told you and what I told you and what my sobriety date was with my parents and what my sobriety date was with my friends or my counselor. I don't have to live a double life today. The inconsistency is made worse. Coming to his senses, he is, I underlined, revolted at certain episodes. He vaguely remembers. These memories are a nightmare. I underlined, he trembles to think someone might have observed him. At first, as fast as he can, he pushes these memories far inside himself. He hopes they will never see the light of day. I underlined, he is under constant fear and tension. I don't want to live like that today. Today, whenever I feel even a nip of this constant fear and tension, I immediately take care of whatever the problem is. I make amends. I attend to what I'm afraid of. If I've missaid something, I correct it. I do not like to walk around with yuck today. I cannot live like that. I have a very, very low tolerance for it. It says, that makes for more drinking. Psychologists are inclined to agree with us. We have spent thousands of dollars for examinations we know but few instances where we have given these doctors a fair break we have seldom told them the whole truth nor have we followed their advice so those are two things that we do poorly I underlined unwilling to be honest which is what I how I lived with these sympathetic men we were honest with no one else small wonder many in the medical profession have a low opinion of alcoholics and their chance for recovery I underlined the next sentence and I, it says, we must be entirely honest with somebody. I circled the word must. I underlined the word entirely honest and put a star next to it. And I wrote underneath that key. So the key to our sobriety is to be entirely honest with somebody. And it needs to start with myself. God, myself, and others. We must be entirely honest with somebody, and it says on 74, if, I underlined, we expect to live longer happily in this world. It doesn't say the entire universe. It says I need to start with one person. So when I started with one person, I started with that sponsor that drove to Athens, Ohio to hear my fifth step and didn't run away screaming, and I trusted her. And then I had to trust somebody else because the circumstances change, and then I had to trust somebody else, and each time I had to open up my circle of trust, it became a little bit easier I still, at my core, have an inclination to not trust other people, and I'm getting better at it, but that's just a way that was ingrained in me for years. Rightly and naturally, we think well before we choose a person or persons with whom to take this intimate and confidential step. Those of us belonging to a religious denomination which requires confession must and, of course, will want to go to the properly appointed authority whose duty it is to receive it. So, again, this is written in the 1930s. There were were not a lot of sponsors and they're saying, look, if you have a religious person that wants to listen to this, that's great. What we're saying today is obviously you can do that if that's something you need to do. But I want someone who knows how to do 4 through 9 so they can guide me in how to do my hour after my fifth step, how to do my 6 and 7, how to do my 8 and 9, and then how to follow that inventory process up in 10. It says, Though we have no religious connection we may still well do we, we may still do well to talk with someone ordained by an established religion. We often find such a person quick to see and understand our problem. Of course, we sometimes encounter people who do not understand alcoholics. I underline the next sentence. If we cannot or w- would rather not do this, we search our acquaintances, and here's one of the best definitions that I can find for what a sponsor needs to be. A closed-mouthed understanding friend. So I want someone who's not going to tell anything my stuff to and I want someone who's going to understand me and who's going to be kind. Perhaps our doctor or psychologist will be the person. It may be one of our own family but we cannot disclose anything to our wives or our parents which will hurt them and make them unhappy. I underlined we have no right to save our own skin at another person's expense. So I don't get to tell you my big stuff just so I feel better and have you be emotionally affected by it. Such parts of our story we tell to someone who will be un, who will understand, underlined, yet be unaffected. And I circle that we're unaffected. That's the goal. The person I'm going to speak to about my stuff needs to be unaffected. That also is true when I'm having emotional. Challenges. When I first got sober, my parents were seven years sober, and they would ask me how I was, and I I had no filter, and I would tell them like I want to kill myself. I hate being sober, and they were terrified because I tried killing myself before I got sober, and naturally they were terrified that I was going to kill myself, and I was acting crazy, and so they would freak out. But I was just brand new sober, and was not. I didn't have any solution in my life, and I was crazy. A sponsor can hear that and be like, all right if you kill yourself, make sure you cut it this way, not this way. And they don't get emotionally involved in it. And they tell me, fine, go kill yourself. Or you can come to the meeting and help us, you know, put the cookies out. And they're emotionally unaffected. So they can walk me through that. My parents or my loved ones are not able to do that. And that's the same thing with the fifth step. I underlined, the rule is we must be hard on ourselves, but always considerate of others. Notwithstanding the great necessity for discussing ourselves with someone, it may be one is so situated that there is no suitable person available. Again, 1930s, now it's 2018. I can't go into a meeting without finding many capable and available people to help me. So they're just everywhere. I live in Cleveland. There's a thousand meetings a week here. I lived in Chicago. There are 4,000 meetings a week there. Um, Now there's meetings online. There's people that can talk on the phone. There's no excuse for someone today not to be able to find someone. If that If that is so, this step may be postponed. I underlined, only, however, if we hold ourselves in complete readiness to go through with it at the first opportunity. We say this because we are very anxious that we talk to the right person. It is important that he be able to keep a confidence. So, again, they need to be quiet. That he fully understand and approve what we are driving at. I underlined, that he will not try to change our plan, but we must not use this as a mere mere excuse to postpone. And then I read this next paragraph I read, and I wrote on the side, read before fifth step. So this is the other paragraph that we're going to read right before the person does their fifth step. When we decide who is to hear our story, I double underline, we waste no time. So that's the time frame that we need to go from. We write the inventory after we say the third step prayer, after we realize we can't do this on our own, after we concede to our innermost selves that we're real alcoholics. As soon as we're done writing, we do not waste any time. We have a written inventory, so I've got to bring my written inventory, and we are prepared for a long talk. I always let the person know, like, you need to bracket off, like, the entire day, and then you need to have an hour after we are done to go sit and be quiet. We explain to our partner what we are about to do and why we have to do it. He should realize that, I underlined and starred, we are engaged upon a life and death error. That's the second time in this chapter that it referred to step five as life and death. So above, engaged, upon, I wrote step five, and I double underlined and red, life and death errand. This work is life and death. I can either die or I can survive based on the work I do or don't do. Most people approached in this way will be glad to help. I underlined, they will be honored by our confidence. And that's a reminder again that the trust that a sponsor offers is more important than anything else they offer. I have to be someone who's trustworthy. I cannot tell your stuff to anyone else. The only time I ever communicate about um, a sponsee's stuff is with my sponsor when I don't know what to do. And I usually ask for permission. And then above the next paragraph, I wrote step five. And then I read this last sentence on the first the first sentence of this paragraph. We pocket our pride and go to it, illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past. And then I separate the paragraph after the word past. And then I write do fifth. So that's when we close the book and I have the girl do their fifth step. Something I'd like to share with you, um, I had one sponsor when they heard my fifth step that she wore her hat down really, really low over her face so I couldn't see her eye expression when I told her stuff because she wanted me to feel comfortable. She didn't tell me that, but I figured that out. I'm very transparent with the people I sponsor. So when you come to my house to do your fifth step, I've got like four laundry baskets piled up of clean clothes so I could fold them. Or I bring you in the kitchen and I like prepare my entire meals for the entire week Or with one girl, I painted my backsplash or I paint my nails. Um, I'm always doing something that is mindless, that does not require my thinking because I don't want the person to feel like I'm staring at them while they're telling me their most uncomfortable stuff. And I tell them why I'm doing it so they know I'm not just being rude. Um, Then this is after we did the fifth step. So the goal of step five is to go through the first sheet or two to get the sponsee to be able to start to identify why they're selfish, why they're dishonest, why they're inconsiderate, why they're self-seeking and frightened. So by the time we get to page two, three at the most, they can start to tell me why they are these things. Because the goal of the inventory not only is to unblock ourselves from our higher power, but it's also to learn how to inventory. So to learn to look for our part. We start with our feelings. I'm angry, I'm afraid, I'm ashamed, um, embarrassed. And then we go to the facts. What does it affect in me? And what did I do? How did I create the situation? How did my behavior change once it started? So um, the goal of step five is to do that. And the resentment inventory usually takes the longest. Then we get to the fear, the sex. Um, By the time I get to the sex inventory, I tell them to look at their people on there and let's see if we can group some of their people into, like, groups of people. Like, just let's read one or two about the drunk relationships you had because I bet those were all pretty much the same. And then I obviously tell them to tell me anything that's on there and I tell them to tell me anything that really bothers them that's on there and we go over their harms, um, they start to see their pattern. It becomes embarrassing and exhausting. And, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I'm doing this again. Oh, look, watch out. I'm running away because someone's making me uncomfortable, and I'm going to cut you out. And we start to see how our behavior is just over and over and over. Um, I'm going to read this last part on 75, and then we're going to stop before step six. To be very clear, the hour after often is called the sixth step. It is not the sixth step. Step five is the reading and sharing and discussing and going over of step four with my sponsor and my higher power. And then after that, I take an hour to review what I've done with my higher power on my own. And it says, once we have taken this step, I underline withholding nothing to remind myself. And I always ask at the end, is there something you didn't tell me? Withholding nothing, we are delighted. We can look the world in the eye. We can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us. So I wrote on the side, read after. So this is after you do the fifth step, we read this. And I also wrote promises. These are the promises of step five. They are just beginning to happen. If you don't have them after, it's okay. I didn't have any of them after. I felt nauseous and lightheaded and overwhelmed with how much stuff was my fault. It says, we may have had certain spiritual beliefs. And I wrote above spiritual beliefs, I wrote step two. So we just had a little bit of a belief or a hope. But now we, I underline, begin to have a spiritual experience. And above begin, I wrote after inventory. So after we've done the action and taken the action and gone on the roller coaster that we were so scared to go on, when we get off the roller coaster, we go, while we're still shaking with adrenaline, whoa, that was so much different than I thought it was going to be. And then we go, I want to go again. And we get in line because now we have, we know it says, the feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. We feel, that's one the first 100 men and women, we are on the broad highway walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. I wrote next to the next paragraph that I bracketed, directions one hour. So they're very clear about the directions. This is our one hour. Returning home, we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour. I underlined quiet for an hour and I circled an hour. They're very specific about the time right here. I underlined carefully reviewing what we have done. When I do this, I personally do it with a journal. I'm a writing kind of person. That's how I get my words out. If you need to go for a walk in nature, if you need to lay down and think about everything, but you need to have your four step around, and you need to be able to refer to it, and you need to be able to really think about everything that just happened. When I do it in my journal, I write about my experience. I write about what I learned, what I didn't know, what was surprising, what was uncomfortable, how I felt. Um, I look at specific um, inventory people or things that really bothered me and I write a little bit about what I learned about each one of them and I review each thing, what I go over and I try to remember what my sponsor said or a note I took and I really think about what we found, and it says, We thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. I know we're better. It doesn't say, say that we know him. It just says better. Taking this book down from our shelf, we turn to the page which contains the 12 steps, which is page 59. Carefully reviewing the first five proposals, that's the steps, we ask if we have omitted anything. So when I'm writing it down, I write down, is there anything that I left out? It says... For we are building an arch, which through we shall walk a free man at last. So if I'm building an arch, I want to make sure that that everything is properly in place and that the rocks and stones are not going to fall on my head and kill me. Is our work solid so far? So I answer that. Are the stones properly in place? I, I need to pay attention to how I laid them. Have we skimped on the cement put into the foundation? Have we tried to make mortar without sand? So that's step five. Before I go to step six, which we're going to start next week, um, we are going to review that. But step five is the sharing with my higher power, myself and and my sponsor, and then the hour after. We want to really make sure that that's really clear. Thank you so much for your time. I can't wait to go over step six next week. It's It's probably one of my favorite steps, but I kind of feel like I say that about everything, but it really is. And I hope you have an amazing week. It's totally up to you. Bye.